Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's the Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, we'll hear all about the misadventures of Ike, Jenna, Linus, Maddie, and Steve Francis on their epic winter holiday in the desert in Vintage Land Rovers. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the spherical ball to Stephen's open knuckle. I'm the pitted swivel of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike and Linus and Maddie and Jenna and our good friend Steve Francis. Holy moly, it is a full house. Uh, for those who aren't watching uh, on YouTube, first of all, uh, maybe you should. Uh, you know, uh -uh. It's, uh, it, it's worth a look uh, at, at all these folks, but uh, it does look a little bit like Steve Francis and I are hosting a, uh, a dating game or something <laughs> as we have, uh, as we've, as everybody coupled up here. And uh, yeah, it's great. Liza is in the room with me, but is not on the podcast. We've that, we've that maxes out our quota. We can't have that many people all talking at the same time. So the reason, of course, that we have gathered this esteemed group uh, together is, of course, to talk about your most recent adventure through the desert over this former uh, holiday season. Is this uh, a winter breakdown? It might be. Uh, we sure. use that term liberally, uh, mm -hmm. you know, much like Miracle Whip is considered a mayonnaise. Uh, I think we, you know, whatever. So, yeah, sure. In this case, I think there probably were a couple breakdowns. I don't know, because I've actually, like I, I do, too. I try to avoid information about these trips until these shows. So as uh, it's a surprise, I can be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly right. So, well, the surprise is we didn't go. Bye, everyone. Stayed home and uh, watched uh, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, film, the sequel, uh, Secrets of the Ooze. And uh, that was it. That was it. That was Christmas. Some worst Christmas ever. Um, Steve, first of all, welcome to the show. Long uh, time we've wanted you on. No better reason uh, than today. Of course, we talked about you uh, heavily uh, during your, uh, uh, you know, pit crew assistance of uh, Jenna and Liza up there uh, at uh, your home, getting the uh, dream machine ready to uh, to go rally through the desert. So I uh, appreciate that. And and of course, your frequent, uh, frequent participation in Ike and Linus almost get killed in the desert <laughs> adventure. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, welcome. And uh, and Maddie, welcome. Uh, Minnie said, uh, you know, when Linus said, uh, my girlfriend, Maddie, it was a sort of my girlfriend in Canada kind of situation. Uh, or, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, she lives in the next town over. You you wouldn't know her. I, I do, in fact, go to a different school. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, but are, are, in fact, real and are in not just the same room with Linus, but sharing a, a, a set of earbuds, mm -hmm. one of the most oh, intimate acts that a couple can engage in so and they're not your air they're not your earbuds at all they came from a neighbor so that's uh, uh we pulled them out of the trash 
Yeah, some weird stuff going on over there. You guys are into some weird stuff. So yeah, well, uh, welcome, Maddie. Thanks for for joining the show uh, and uh, regaling us with tales of uh, your desert adventures. So at at that, Ike, what was this adventure? What was the plan? Uh, and how did you guys uh, get uh, started? So there we were. No, uh, <laughs> you know, every adventure starts, uh, you know, by leaving, and so it, it's often hard for us to to leave because there's lots of preparations for taking old vehicles into remote areas and uh you know we we uh we try to live it up when we're there so we have lots mm -hmm. of supplies you know lots of food items lots of meal planning lots of you know planning for uh breakdowns potential breakdowns uh planning for for various activities that we might do you know are we going to go into a mine do we need lights you know how are we gonna are we gonna film it what do we need to bring for that so there's a whole list of things that we need to bring and we should do a yeah. little video uh, for our uh, Patreons about uh, the prep, you know, trip preparation. That's its whole own story. But, I think uh, most people, before they embark on a Christmas uh, or holiday uh, trip, ask themselves, are, are we going to go into any mines? <laughs> <laughs> Dark places, perhaps? Yeah, I think that's, well, I think that's uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because for our uh, listeners that don't know, this group annually takes a trip in old land rovers somewhere and sometimes that's baja and sometimes it's death valley sometimes it's eastern oregon but uh frequently it's death valley and mm -hmm. uh nevada area and our friend steve has uh come on a couple of these trips and uh i don't know why exactly having been on one he keeps Right, coming. comes back. To it's him. a mystery it's to me too. I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing here right now. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of like yeah, uh, yeah. watching that uh, jackass show from him. You know, only he gets to be there in person. He is the Stevo of uh, of desert. <laughs> no, we are the Stevo. Oh, you are the audience. <laughs> That's right. We uh, we love having him come visit us, and and uh, sometimes he can stay longer. This year he was it was only for a few days, but he brought his uh, newly imported Defender uh, One Ten wagon, right. and right. Uh, we all had old series Land Rovers, so he was uh, showing us all how it should be done, and uh, we were admiring all of his. Come yeah, I felt like the odd man out, but I brought enough spare parts to where I felt yeah. like I was bringing an old Land Rover right. again. And uh, right, just a bag full of those little plastic <laughs> clips. That are yeah. I brought a whole new light bulbs. Yeah, we did spend uh, part of one evening working on his car, so mm -hmm. I felt like it, it was it was acceptable to have him in the group. Uh, you know that's that's pretty traditional. And was that uh, was that solving for damage that the uh, U.S. Uh, border guard uh, caused, looking for the uh, drugs in between the single sheets of aluminum inside if, of his car? If they looked for drugs inside the clutch slave cylinder, <laughs> then, then, yes, yes. yes. But <laughs> maybe. But Maybe. no, I, they, we weren't so, fixing that damage. But I do get to see that damage every single time I open the driver's door and look at the floor because someone doesn't know how to use an angle yeah, grinder. Yeah. yeah, the U.S. Border Guard is known, yeah, for their sort of like free-range metal <laughs> sculpture uh, work that, uh, you know, they sort of do as a hobby project on the side. So I had seen this damage on his car, and I was just absolutely dumbfounded that there is a customs agent that would do that. So uh, if you're familiar with the floor of a Defender, it's completely flat. And if you look under the vehicle, you can see the bottom side of the floor panel. Mm -hmm. So this particular agent thought, uh, I'm assuming that there was something hidden under the floorboard, some sort of contraband. And right. so they decided they were not going to not going to unscrew the floor. They were just going to cut the fasteners off to see the other side of this panel. And there yeah. was clearly nothing there. The and of course, it's the, it's the ground. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, their, their feet very likely is what they saw. So, I wish yeah. it was filmed. I wish nope. it was filmed. But, um, you know, they, they removed the floor to, to look underneath it. And they, they ground in the floor. Not only were they yeah. an idiot, they were not very skilled. Yeah, they managed, right. they managed to get I about 80% of the fasteners off. But it was that last 20% that they just went to town on with an angle grinder. Just gave up. I have no... And, yeah, well, and then just and kept going too. You know, it went all through the aluminum into the you know, into the actual sill panel. Was, yeah. Until you hit pay dirt, you know, until you get a little puff of cocaine out of there, then you know yeah. you've done the yeah. 
this is a really nice original defender and it's all original paint and this person <laughs> just, just went to town on the it. floor yeah. oh. and they probably made you pay for the, the trouble well, of doing it yeah that, they probably did charge me a little extra for the grinding disc though and then nicely they they left yeah. all the fasteners just sitting on the ground too so when i came up to the truck and there were no <laughs> floors in the in the truck I went, this is really strange. And I was like, where are all the fasteners? And I looked on the ground and they're just all oh. over the ground, you know, and it was wet in the rain. It's like, oh, oh well, they, they just left them yeah. on the ground. At least they didn't. Yeah. Did so, they cut both floors both. out? Yeah, but they only one? had to cut on the driver's side. They didn't realize after removing one that they could just look under the car. I think the there are lots the of questions here, Linus, that maybe just okay. will remain unanswered. So, <laughs> you know, while I was on the phone, while I was on the phone today, uh, on hold with Customs and Border Protection oh, right, yeah. in a very, very separate matter, uh, a recording kept playing that said, if you want to file a complaint or a compliment <laughs> 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 to visit this particular website, and I will I'll send you the link for that, uh, Steve. Deal. Have they ever compliment. gotten a compliment on that line, I wonder, if that's ever happened? I thought you were going to say, I can actually hear grinding noise in the background. So back to the trip, uh, mm -hmm. this year's trip, uh, same same time. So we usually do this like Christmas through New Year's sort of trip. And uh, this year we did a loop through Nevada, visited several ghost towns and hot springs in Nevada. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the, the MO. And then we, we went into Saline Valley, which is part of Death Valley National Park. And this, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of this uh, route uh, revisited some of the rebel uh, locations from this year's uh, rally. Is that is that true? Yeah. Yes, sir. So we planned to, uh, when we were on the rally, Liza and I just, you know, it was a competition. We were timed. And so you know, there was a lot of cool stuff. We passed by, we saw it, or we stopped briefly, you know, but we didn't really have the time to like poke at stuff with sticks and really explore and tromp around and, you know, see everything. I was hoping if the weather worked out, you know, that we would be able to go see a bunch of those uh, spots that we didn't get to stop at. And uh, so we kind of planned the route accordingly. And I brought all the, all the mapping, like I mapped them all on my phone before we left so we could retrace some of the trails mm -hmm. that we drove, mm -hmm. um, assuming again, that they weren't totally covered in snow. And, uh, but it was, it was a, bit of a we were just gonna have to play it by ear you know depending on what the weather was like um as to how many of those spots we would get to go see i saw some great recreation uh <laughs> of uh of classic rebel shots of the dream machine with uh with uh, three very uh not rally uh looking uh land rovers in there so it's a very <laughs> uh yeah very cool very cool and ike and like a hundred percent more ike than the <laughs> rally would allow that's a hideous woman down there <laughs> like, is that? oh my god <laughs> so i think this is like the the third or fourth trip that steve has come to visit us on and this is maddie's second trip mm -hmm. and so i was really surprised that you returned this year yeah um, I think that not if, by choice. If we no, ever right. break up, she's going to take my place. <laughs> yeah. and I just won't get to go anymore. <laughs> I think in all things, Linus, that's true. I, I think unanimously, yeah, that's yeah, the, that seems I to be. You know, yeah, it makes sense. I right mean, call. the only bummer is I can't play banjo. But they well, actually, that's not a they bummer. Like that's them. really yeah. good. I don't think that's a bummer at all. Yeah, no, no, that's a plus. That's one of the big reasons that we would pick you over, Linus. Is yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's okay that you don't play the banjo. If you both played the banjo, that would be creepy. You would yeah. never get invited anywhere if you both no, played the banjo. No. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's for sure. kind of like how Jenna and I always whistle together. You know, <laughs> if if Maddie and I whistled together, we would definitely never get invited anywhere. It's fine. People cross forget. couple. People yeah, forget yeah. that Jenna and I whistle when we're All together. Time, so like yeah. So I, I was just trying to think of what trips uh, Steve has come on. I know another Saline Valley trip. I know our mm -hmm. Black Rock trip. Mm -hmm. uh, what other one? Uh, I, previous well, Death Valley. Trips. Previous Death Valley trip. So that's three. He he brought his uh, series one 
yellow pickup on uh, a previous Death Valley yeah. jump. I think he met us like Cerro mm-hmm. Gordo yeah. area mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. in there, or at least he drove up to Cerro Gordo with us. For those yeah. that you of yeah. you that are not familiar, Cerro Gordo is a kind of a ghost town. Uh, that it's an old mine that's in the Death Valley area, and there's a there's a great uh, YouTube channel. I think it's Living in a Ghost Town. Does that sound mm-hmm. right, Linus? Yep. About Cerro Gordo. Ghost and the, Town Living. Something. Ghost Town that Living. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. Ghost Town that's Living. Yeah. Ghost Town Living. So yeah, check that out if you haven't seen it, just to get a, a sense of that area. And uh, he does a lot of various hikes and adventures out into the valley there that are pretty cool. Some of which we've done, some of which we have yet to do. But uh, that's kind of uh, he's a, a pretty uh, he's a risk taking explorer. Um, he has hiked down from the summit of the uh, salt tram to the bottom of Saline Valley. And uh, I've heard that it was a dangerous trip for him. And he has a mine, obviously, at the ghost mm-hmm. town of Cerro Gordo. I think it's over 900 feet deep. And they have multiple levels. And they have mm-hmm. a huge winch that uh, lowers a cage that yeah. you can ride yeah. down. And there's a, a one level that had been abandoned for a long time because it was dangerous. And he decided to explore it. And they went in there and uh, it was collapsing around them as they were getting out. And he was pulling the person behind him. <laughs> and he said that nobody is ever going to go in that level again. It was very dangerous. So he has gone into some very dangerous places and he's got it all on his YouTube. It's pretty exciting, you know, uh, to watch. He's got uh, a lot of neat things to do up there, but much more risk taking than I would be willing to do. That trip down to Saline Valley was the time when I was driving home back to Reno that I right around Mono Lake. Mm-hmm. And I think it was around like midnight or one in the morning, went over a big bump, the headlights dimmed, and then I started to smell burning <laughs> and immediately pulled over. It's like right next to Mono Lake and it was yeah. just freezing cold. Yeah. You know, it was in you know December or January. Yeah. And I turn on a headlamp because there's clearly no light in there. And there is just smoke billowing out of behind the gauge cluster. <laughs> And for some reason in my panic, I didn't think to just disconnect the battery. I thought, I need to get behind the gauge cluster. So I got out of flathead and started <laughs> taking out those screws as fast as I could while there's just smoke just billowing out of the – out of the yeah. So by the time I got it out, then I realized – many, How many screws did you remove before you realized you were having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I removed all of them before I realized that I should disconnect the battery. <laughs> so, so I got yeah, the right. gauge. It was yeah, still yeah, just yeah. sizzling with wires. There was actually a little bit of flame going, so I ran around the side and took the took the battery out and then i couldn't you know it was the middle of the night and all of the wires are the same color in that truck you know so i had really no idea yes. there was yeah, just yeah, a yeah. big cook one but i figured out it was headlight related so i uh just ended up sleeping in the cab of that series one pickup truck in and you know it was it was freezing cold with my little dog max all night long and i did figure Ooh. out that if you sleep in a series one in a, in a pickup, it's better to sleep with your head on the. It was a, it's a left-hand drive truck. Better to sleep with your head on the on the yeah. the side of the wheel because you get a lot more leg room. But that also took me half half the night to figure out of just going back and forth <laughs> in the sleeping bag, freezing my ass off. So anyway, come morning, I drove it home without the headlights on and um, and made it back and and then fixed this absolute mess of wiring. And it's still and, the, and the truck is still sitting in Mono Valley. Yeah, in Mono Lake. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was the last time anybody ever saw that car. I'm surprised you didn't try to drive it home by just the headlamp. Uh, oh, I thought you know, about just it. Just turn off the headlights. It's probably Just brighter. The headlamp the windshield. Yeah, it's then, probably yeah. brighter. Well, that's an excellent segue into how was the weather? Uh, obviously, at the tail end, we're we're going through that right now uh, here in California. We're getting uh, atmospheric rivers and bomb cyclones and uh, storm parades and uh, stormtrooper rainstorms and uh, stabby knife whatever wind things and all kinds of different action words in front of uh, regular weather words. Um, how was the how was the weather for you guys? It it varied quite a bit, you know. Uh, Death Valley is an area with significant elevation changes, and mm-hmm. so throughout that range, you know, it can be pretty drastically different. Uh, we encountered uh, snow, 
So mm-hmm. there's some some pretty deep snow in places. Uh, we we crossed some passes and found some snow, and we got stuck, and well, we did some winching. Yeah, in Nevada, especially. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we when we went down into Death Valley and got to, to lower elevations, it was it was downright balmy. You know, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. like t-shirt weather. It was super nice and uh, sun shining. And then we encountered like a big windstorm that uh, like blew all these hippies tents out into the desert, which was pretty entertaining. And, uh, it, you know, it, it does vary pretty drastically and uh, you have to be prepared for all different types of weather conditions, uh, precipitation. It rained on us. It snowed mm-hmm. on us, you know, it, it blew, you know, sand, you know, and, and debris. It was, it's, it's pretty. Uh, on the whole though, it was really good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. we could have been much more unlucky uh, mm-hmm. and been hit with a real storm. These were mostly light rains and light yeah. snows and one wind storm. But, oh, it, yeah. I mean, you know, it could have been really bad. We and got we lucky. got notifications in the brief moments when we would have mm-hmm. service from time to time that we were in a pocket of okay and the whole world around us was in a storm (laughs) so we were getting texts like oh there's an ice storm in eugene right now and we're like oh well hope everything's okay (laughs) yeah right and then the huge storm up in the in the sierras Mm -hmm. that was before we left that only really affected our ability to get home because 120 miles of uh Highway 395 was closed and we had to go mm-hmm. detour around it. But uh... I think, you know, we've been going to Death Valley for a long time. I I think my first trip was 1991, but mm-hmm. I've been going on my own in a Land Rover since 2004. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we've been lucky so many times. I think probably we've had two, two windstorms, maybe three uh, in Saline Valley. I've gotten snow once. I've never gotten stuck out there. We've been very lucky. And mm-hmm. this year was a, another good year. So maybe someday we'll get stuck out there, yeah. you know. And but that's where you'll see. die. <laughs> yeah. so, so speaking of stuck, oh, uh, yes. we ran into a fellow traveler that oh, was yeah. stuck. So they had a newer transit van. I don't know if it was brand okay. new or like slightly used, but it was mm-hmm. it was very new. Um, four-wheel drive transit mm. van that had been cool. lifted with larger tires and wheels mm-hmm. and it was set up as a camper and yeah. uh, th- there was a couple in this van and they had recently purchased the lift and just had it installed and this was the maiden voyage let's <laughs> go to saline valley trip sure and sure. so they had uh, spent some time uh, driving some of the remote roads in the area there and they got to a point down across from the salt tram and they were turning around and mm-hmm. the steering arm on the knuckle which is part of the lift that they purchased mm-hmm. sheared off it broke completely off oh, at the no! well and so they were they were stranded oh, no. there and we kind of received word from people who had passed them that they had been stuck there for 3 days and oh, uh, the boy. the park host had had he has service and I at see. his little spot there and he called the towing company and they quoted him between fifty five hundred and six thousand dollars dollars to tow it out there. of that area which is mm-hmm. pretty expensive but it's a pretty remote yeah. area and it would take a a, a larger four wheel drive tow truck yeah. to to do that and he was asking around can someone weld this steering knuckle back together is like we could take it apart and uh or maybe he has it apart but we need somebody that can weld it together there is an old welder in the maintenance area at (sighs) at saline valley it's really old (laughs) it's It's more like like a forge it's like (laughs) you're in like some kind of massive scale escape room or something (laughs) like you know there was also a code that we had to enter by looking through these old newspaper basically Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a super old piece of equipment, and it it, it has a, a generator attached to it, and the oh, generator yeah. is equally old, you know, yep. like it's a World War II uh, vintage <laughs> design Kohler generator attached mm-hmm. to like maybe uh, early 70s or late 60s Lincoln welder with yeah, a like Iowa. buzz box style, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. stick welder, yeah. yeah. So it, 
it looked like it could be functional. And uh, he, he said that, yes, in, in fact, it could be made to work. But we looked at it and the leads are all frayed and all the grounds are corroded. And it looked like it hadn't been used in, a, in quite a while. The gas smelled really old, you know. You want to describe briefly the setting in which this welder is also... <laughs> Uh, taking place the setting okay so uh the maintenance area is is maybe a generous term <laughs> for this it's it's a pile of scrap metal and old tools that exists in saline valley and it's really only used in you know for emergencies like if someone's stuck in saline valley it's used yeah. for that uh it's kind of an area that's grandfathered in the park service would rather not maybe have, have it yeah. totally there and but it's 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 really important that it be there because mm -hmm. it, it is a remote area and people can get stranded there and if they don't have supplies it can get it can get serious. So yeah. these folks were stuck for three days. I'm sure you could get stuck for much longer than that. And people have, you know, people yeah. have been there for weeks at a time. Uh, we managed to get the welder working with the help of, uh, of some of the old uh, desert regulars. Lizard Lee is one of those folks. He kind of gave us the rundown on, yeah, on its operation. Yeah. And yeah, you've got to, sure you know, hold your breath and bite your tongue and spray some starting fluid in it and remove the air cleaner, you know, pull it twice and then pull it once yeah. real good. You know, like there's a whole procedure to getting it going. And uh, uh, Linus and uh, Maddie and Jenna went in a pickup truck uh, that they borrowed to pick up the parts from the person that was stranded. And it's, you know, it doesn't seem that far away because it's, you know, uh, you only can see it by the <laughs> yeah by, yeah by the uh, as the crow flies it's maybe only a few miles but it takes uh, like an hour and fifteen minutes from the campsite over you know really rough roads to right. get there and so they went and got the parts while I f you know finished uh, you know getting the welder running and and yeah. cleaning up the leads and finding uh you know some some a welding helmet which was half burned it was like sort of a phantom of the opera situation where like half of it's burned it was like out of a horror movie and uh and so we got that going and then the next stage is to like practice with the welder on some scrap material to yeah, see if we can sure. get uh not only it to function well and have a consistent arc but also find some rod that's usable they had some rod in an old refrigerator but you know no, well, half course, of yeah. it's good and half of it's bad and yeah. they have like all different types of of welding rod if you're not familiar with stick welders and some is 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 good and some is is not good for a particular yeah. application so mm -hmm. finding some welding rod that would work and making sure that it would run a consistent bead so while they were doing that i was getting the welder dialed in and so by the time they got back with the parts i was ready to weld it but then we had to prepare it so they had a mm -hmm. They had an angle grinder there. We oh. used that to grind all the fancy powder coating off. This part, uh, which is made by a company called Weld Tech, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, mm. was welded on there very superficially, like very tidy TIG welds covered in powder coating. So it looked really yeah. nice, but very little penetration very, very and, little and not very yeah. strong. So And the, 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 the finishing and fitting of the pieces together below the weld was very bad yeah. so you you know when when it was broken apart and you could see how you know the the gusset fit yeah. against the part you know it was welded on there and the weld was just covering the huge gaps you know between the gusset and the part so it was right. very very rushed in that and it was a it was a cast part or it just was a plate plate it was, steel. It was a bunch of plates fabricated plate okay. And, mm. uh, so it, basically it looked like they, this company had a laser cutter that did like yeah. one thickness of material <laughs> and then they, right. they cut it yeah. all out like a paper mm -hmm. doll. And then they, mm -hmm. you know, welded it together in laminated right. sections to make the thicker areas. Which by itself, well, laminating, I don't know, which by itself, you know, is, is, is reasonable. I mean, certainly there are, you know, very high end applications that things are made out of very lightened plate uh, sort of things. 
doesn't sound like this is one of those cases. If they you know, had welded well, it might have worked. It yeah, might have worked. There yeah. were big yeah. gaps between the laminations. Uh, well, perhaps all they had was a desert stick welder uh, run off an old generator. It was so tidy. Like whoever TIG welded it, <laughs> it was a very nice. Tidy yeah. job. They just... were more focused on making their Instagram welding video yeah. than doing It's not like it's an important yeah. part. Yeah, welding uh-huh. yeah no, no, it's just no. like a steering arm. It's fine. Yeah. And for those listeners that don't know, the steering arm is critical to steering the vehicle, and it could be extremely dangerous to have that fail at an inopportune time. There's really not an opportune time for that to fail, but if no, you're like no good time. going around a corner, you could you could crash and die. Oh, yeah, for so sure. So we, we got it all cleaned up, and uh, we got it all ground down, and we prepared it, and we found a piece of material, a much thicker piece of material that was salvaged from an old trailer hitch. Yeah, and uh, it was probably what Linus three quarters of an inch thick, yeah. something like that. It was a pretty, you know, pretty nice heavy duty piece of steel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we made something it normally. Of... Linus would yeah. have squirreled away in the back of his truck. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so we got yeah. that all prepared. We welded it in there, and we and we were like, "This is this is gonna uh, hold up better than what you had." But yeah. also, you should probably leave immediately and drive very carefully and directly to a paved road and then have it towed from there because this is dangerous. And if the other side fails, you're going to be in a world of hurt and I won't fix it. So, (laughs) and you, and you'll probably be dead. So yeah, not a big deal. So we did that and they Mm -hmm. decided after it was repaired to go ahead and continue and drive to the Springs, which is that long bumpy road that I was mentioning earlier. And so they show up at the Springs and we're like, what are you doing? What are you doing here, man? <laughs> what are you doing? Wait. <laughs> and so the next day he leaves and we don't think anything about it. And then uh, the day after that, so he's been stuck five days at that point, right? Yes. Five yeah. days is stuck yeah. in the desert. And, and, the and but he's mobile yeah. now. And mm-hmm. so he stays at the Springs because he wanted to show his wife the Springs. And then sure. he, he leaves and we don't think anything about it. We carry on. That's We're having it. a good time. We're visiting with the musicians that have have come, the musers that were playing in the uh, wandering uh, desert musers. It pretty much. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. Mm-hmm. They were awesome. They were great. And uh, mm-hmm. so we we hung out with them. We we uh, did some hikes. We visited some cabins. We saw some cool stuff. And then we start leaving. And we get up to the snow line. What's there? An abandoned transit van. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, no. and they were stuck there for a day. They'd run out of supplies. Apparently, we found out later that they decided they were going to hike to the springs, which is not recommended at all. It's a, it would take them. It was like 30 miles. Yeah. They would have had to walk at least. Yeah. They would have died. And what was wrong with the van? Uh, the other steering arm, which we warned them might fail, did in fact fail. And so they had to abandon their, their brand new transit van in the desert. And they still had to pay the $6,000 to have it towed out. Fortunately, they managed to get a ride with some people who happened by, but they waited an entire day before some one person drove by. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, don't be like these people, uh, yeah. come prepared and, uh, yeah. we don't break yourself into jail. Also, let's clarify. Don't be like that man. That man, mm-hmm. yeah, who is true. hopefully now divorced, <laughs> yeah, <hopefully>. <laughs> <laughs> or dead, he... maybe. I mean, we don't yeah. know. Yeah, who His knows? Wife right? Probably it stabbed could... him, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And you know that nowadays, and uh, I suggest that anyone who uh, you know even takes a back road uh, sets themselves up with a, a full size EcoFlow and a portable MIG welder, <laughs> just in case, <laughs> because you never you never know. And brings somebody I have who knows how to use it. Often, I have often uh, been uh, laughed at for because i do uh, bring a mig welder with me occasionally on big when we do like uh you know the southern california rover club thing always because somebody always breaks something stupid everybody makes fun of me until we weld something back together <laughs> no joke every weekend maybe we wouldn't have to if we didn't have a welder with us but because we do you know you never worry about it so uh, i don't bring anything else though i don't bring water <laughs> or gasoline or supplies a sleeping bag i just bring the welder and the battery pack and uh, everyone's got hard. their part that's all I need. and so that was towards the end of our trip we had that's a true. whole bunch of adventures before that mm-hmm. on the way into that area uh, my truck broke mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, <laughs> before we left I, I noticed that the sometimes when I would start the car it was cranking a little slow mm. and I thought oh, I better do something about this before the trip so right. uh, we replaced the battery and we had a rebuilt generator put, the, mm-hmm. put that in 
Yeah. As soon as we hit the dirt to go into Death Valley, the charge light comes on. Mm-hmm. So of all the things to break, the only part that broke on my Land Rover was the one that I put on <laughs> before the trip. <laughs> and I, I, when I was replacing it at, at the shop, I said, well, you know, the old one is still working. I'll bring it along as mm-hmm. a spare. Yeah. And so I was able to leave the desert using the <laughs> part that I had taken off originally. So thankfully just, at the scrapyard, Ike was able to fashion you a new generator out <laughs> yes. of random desert mist. Yes. So no problem. Out of a <laughs> crashed B29 liberator. There is yes. a there is a Lucas C40 generator in Saline Valley. Linus, do you remember yeah. where it is? Yeah, it's at uh, the the beverage cabin. Yep. Isn't it? Mm. Yeah. There was a Smith's heater there too. Yeah. Ooh. And uh, some other stuff. They must have smashed up and disassembled some British car. Now, speaking of uh, mishaps, I saw a photo at some point. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> your car. Uh, and and it it looked as though there was a there was a hole in the ground that went to uh, infinity uh, underneath one of your. Uh, we had your to tires. test how deep it was by placing a <laughs> Land Rover inside it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what was the what was the story there? How did the ground open up and nearly swallow your car? Well, you know, uh, I have a 109 Series Two, and uh, Ike's got a 109 Series Two A, and he has a wider offset wheels, bigger tires. I'm running G90s with 750-16s and the original whims. And uh, we were going... I, I can't imagine you would have it any other way. No. I don't, you don't have to. You don't even have to state that. Everybody knows that. So, so uh, you know, we're driving along this road and uh, there's a, a pretty big washout. Mm-hmm. And so I, Ike goes, uh, straddles it with his car. And I go right behind him attempting to straddle it and it, it collapsed. And I sunk the driver's side down. Uh, up to about the middle of the door, probably. <laughs> so he couldn't get out. I couldn't get out. Yeah, I couldn't get out. And, um, you know, that is the side of the Cambridge Expedition truck that was uh, replaced one time in mm-hmm. South America by mm-hmm. uh, a steel hand-built panel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not really very well affixed to the structure of the car. Nice. So it sort of just bent in. And then when we got the car out, it just sprung back out again. <laughs> yeah, so that fortunately, the, the damage to the car is very, very limited. We sort of mm-hmm. added a few rumples to the already pretty rumpled uh, sill panel. Right. But uh, that needed to come off and get straightened and fixed anyway. So sure. it didn't hurt the car too badly. And the frustrating part of it was that it was at such a steep angle that all of the hydraulic fluid in the tank like went to one side and the winch wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that was real frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fortunately we had uh, Ike's electric winch, which is our, always our go-to. Yeah. And we were trying to pull it sideways. We, we pulled the front sideways and we dug away the hill and then we mm-hmm. moved the doormobile around and pulled the back sideways and dug away the hill. And we were trying to set up how to winch it this way and that. And then we realized that, it wasn't touching the hill anymore, and we could just pull it straight backwards. Just pull it straight and, backwards. And Steve yeah. did that with his Defender, and it, it popped right out. So it probably set us back an hour, you know. Um, and that was the second time that I got stuck in, in the Cambridge truck. Yeah. The other time we were doing a one of those snow passes, and Ike's got a true track in the front of his truck mm-hmm. and the bigger tires. and He went right up it, and I made a pretty good attempt. We almost made it, but we slid it was off off camber and we and we slid backwards down uh, to the right to the passenger mm-hmm. side and the tire was at a you know I couldn't get out of there so I yeah. winched me up and then Brett tried to do the same thing and and he got even even worse he made it he didn't get anywhere and, <laughs> and he, he has a locker he has a locker oh. and oh. he sunk down even deeper on the back passenger corner and his front end was way up in the air. And when they winched him up, I think that front tire was about three feet off the ground. He was, that thing was way up in the air. And, he definitely uh, panicked a little. He, he may have done a little body damage to the okay. back corner 
just a little in the sort of smooshing it into the snow and mud and the mm -hmm, bushes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I thought uh, you were going to say he may have pooped a little. He probably he did. Might, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was going to try to not embarrass him, but he pooped <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Linus, that begs the question. Um, often on these trips, we we like to get uh, you to uh, give a review of how much land rovering uh, was had uh, over the course of the trip. So it sounds like many of your favorite boxes have already been uh, checked. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, we had cars you know, broke, breaking, uh, we had being stuck, yeah. we had winching. Mm -hmm. Very little of it, though. I mean, a lot yeah. of it was just driving. And uh, did anyone run out of car. gas? I know that's a no, criteria. No, we had a lot of fuel. Okay. You know, uh, we each of us brought forty gallons. Oh, wow. And uh, you know, I have two saddle tanks and four mm -hmm. and four jerry cans. I didn't ever use a jerry can. Mm -hmm. How many times mm -hmm. did we deploy the winch, Linus? Let's see. We used it on garbage that we were moving around. <laughs> yeah, you need that. Yeah. We used it uh, twice to pull me and Brett out of the snow. That's mm -hmm. three times. Um, now, the time when I was in the ditch is that one time because you repositioned mm -hmm. and winched mm -hmm. again. It was so a winching event. So yeah, between, I guess I don't so know. So that's right? four or possibly five times. And then we well, also winched Brett out of the sand. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. true. That's six times. Mm -hmm. So at least six times least that we used the winch. Well, and yeah. and can we add to that? We also attempted to use the hydraulic winch twice, and Brett unspooled right. his winch one more one <laughs> right. to unspool it, it only to realize work. he didn't yeah. have the woodruff key. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. So almost as many winch attempts as successful winch deploying. I mean, this is a, this is a good ratio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's even more land rovering when yes. you try the winch and the winch yeah, does not yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And you just <laughs> yeah. you can't winch. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Point, that seems had, about right. Didn't yeah. we have two cables deployed though? Because we had Linus's cable we did. attached. Yeah, to one was too red. short. Yeah. And then oh, we yeah, had yeah. the um the There's a joke here, but I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> the electric winch attached to the side or something. Like there was a whole triangulation of winches going. Yeah, there's lots of calculations. Yeah. We had like a whole matrices, you know. Do you remember that there's that meme of the lady with like all the math around her head? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like angles and that's it's a beautiful we mind doing. every time somebody tries mind, to move exactly. a land rover out there yeah exactly yeah. we did a lot of digging there was a yeah. lot of shoveling yeah. under yeah. cars which brings a up of... a, a good rule of travel always bring two shovels otherwise right. you dig alone <laughs> otherwise yeah. you dig alone we, we are a... gonna get to making that t-shirt yeah, we haven't even good. talked about camels yet we're running we're running short on it's, uh, yeah, get, I think it's time to get to the camels. In fact, that's, I know a lot of people are tuning in specifically for the camel. So, so there we were driving Land Rovers, and uh, we drove through a very small town, which is renowned for its lithium mine. This oh. is after driving down the steepest hill I have ever driven down in a Land Rover. Jenna was routing us down this uh, canyon, and uh, she took us through this mining area. It's near, it's near Blair. Mm -hmm. It's near Blair, Blair, Nevada. Mm -hmm. and, and we descended this just incredibly steep series of, of very dangerous switchback roads. And it was like loose gravel, and there was like... A little bit of frosty snow, and it was it was incredible. Everything dangerous. in the car like rolls forward and comes into the driver's compartment and yeah, pushes like, you right, up yeah. against the steering Sorry. wheel. All my camping gear was uh, like displayed across the windshield, yeah. and I'm just like pushing against the floorboard to like stay back away. The dog was the... in the back seat, and she had her front feet like on my back. <laughs> and uh, every passenger was holding the transmission and transfer case uh -huh. in the gears that they were so elected for <laughs> right yes yes if it popped out that was the end yeah that you were, you were gonna tumbling die, down sure. yeah. yeah that's where our dog was sure. she was wedged in there yeah we used yeah. the dog we wedged her in between the bulkhead <laughs> and the <transfer. laughs> oh, yeah, it makes it harder to come out of gear yeah no that's yeah. a good call so we, yeah, we get down call. out of this crazy mining area and we get to like a paved road and we're like okay we're gonna drive through this this small town and oh we could see it from yeah, the, from the top it. of those steep hills, I looked down. We all well, we did. came out of the mining area and we came across Blair, which was a cool mm -hmm. thing yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, it could have mm -hmm. been a big mine, and it kind of is a big mine. 
So, you know, there's a small, there's a, there's a mining area that used to be called Blair and it, it had mm -hmm. thousands of people that live there, but it's largely been scoured. They've bulldozed all the buildings. Mm -hmm. There's a few large industrial structures that remain and, and the foundations a, anyway. Yeah. Foundations. It's a cool area to explore. And, but outside of that is the town of Silver Peak, and it is uh, known for its uh, large lithium mine. And pretty much everyone that lives in the town works cancer. at the mine, you know, oh, sorry, works yeah. at this lithium mine. But it has <laughs> cancer. <laughs> has cancer, probably. Uh, <laughs> but it's a very old area, and it was founded like in the 1860s, 1870s, something like that. It's a, sort of a gold boom town, mm -hmm. but only about 100 people live there in this town. And previously, it was much larger. So there's some ruined buildings. There's some abandoned buildings. Uh, there's some, uh, you know, just relics of the mining era that have found their way to this place, along with heavy equipment, heavy industrial stuff that is there for the current uh, mining right. boom that's happening there. And uh, there's a bunch of small houses. And so you're, you're driving through this town and you're looking at all these mining relics and all these like old ruins of stone buildings. And you're kind of checking it out. And there's a, there's a bar called the old school tavern or something of that ilk. There's a lot of hand painted signs in the town mm -hmm. that are like Las Vegas <laughs> that way. And like, mm -hmm. slow the fuck down. And like, <laughs> they're just like a lot of hand painted stuff. So you're like looking at all this stuff. There's a lot of artists in there. And then, a lot of really good artists. So yeah. you're just kind of you're just kind of peering around and we're looking and we're sort of supposed to make a turn. And I kind of look at the town and I'm like, we need to take a circuit through this town <laughs> because it's a really interesting place. And we drive maybe a block. And we get to what's essentially a zoo in the middle of town. It's like three feet from the road and there's like llamas and emus and alpacas and, and giant camels giant Bactrian camels, the ones with two humps. Oh, so they're yeah. like furry and they're agitated Frothy. and they're just like, <laughs> and we're like, we gotta, we gotta see what's going on there. Angry camels. Yeah. And so uh, Jenna and Maddie spearhead the effort to visit the camels and, uh, and, and find their owner. Well, first we, we were, you know, a little apprehensive to just roll in on this guy you know, unannounced. Well, originally we did, we talked to the, we went to the post office, mm -hmm. as you should always do in a new town where you're exploring. <laughs> yeah. You go to the post office mm -hmm. and you ask, mm -hmm. can I talk to the man who owns the camels? Yeah, naturally. Any town you go into, that's the first question you ask at the post office. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the post lady was very nice. She was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's Junior. You know, he's a talker. He's, but I'm sure, yeah, he'd love to show you. You know, I think he's home. You should yeah, go over there and and you know knock so we attempted that yeah. <laughs> we we walked over we had to go through the gate which was a little scary and considering the animals that were in there right. and oh, we yeah, knocked yeah. on what appeared to be the door of the of the home but the door was like two and a half feet above grade and there were no steps going up to it and it seemed to be just full of plants and so we we didn't get an we didn't get an answer and so right. we regrouped and we said, you know what? We're not going to give up. We're going to figure this out. There are other homes on this property. Right. Let's homes, yes. quote unquote. <laughs> Let's go check this out. And so we walked up to the next home. The first trailer that they came across. <laughs> and we knocked on the door. And all we could hear was bird noise. So much bird noise coming from inside. And... A, a a man says, "Didn't he say something like?" Let's say let's say for the trap. sake of of interesting podcasting, it was that it was a bird. <laughs> <laughs> and this tall man comes to the door, and mm -hmm. he opens it up, and he says, "What do you What do you want?" And Jenna and I both look at each other because we clearly haven't thought out what we're going to say at this moment. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think Jenna said. Uh, we like camels. Basically, she said, the, you know, we were driving by and uh, the lady at the post office said that you weren't mean and that if we came over, maybe we could see your camels. And he said, of course, come in yeah. and immediately invited yeah. us into the bird cacophony, yeah. which obviously we had to say yes to. The bird so trailer. the first, yeah. so this building adjacent to his house, which is in fact a mobile home, a vintage, mm -hmm. but not necessarily cool mobile home uh vintage but not in a, not in a good not in a way cool way yeah, right. but uh other than the fact that it turns out it is just full of birds it is mm -hmm. 
the birdhouse. It is all birds, um, <laughs> large birds, small birds. Just most people, when they hear the phrase birdhouse, they they think of a birdhouse, <laughs> not a 40-foot-long trailer full of birds. This was a bird home. It was. A bird apartment well, It was a bird complex. home. It's good that he's a, a gracious host, you know. Uh, you invite somebody in. Do you want anything? Here's a bird, you know. Like, is it, can I get you a drink? Oh, thank a you. A bird, maybe? Yeah. Oh, oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had cockatiels. Oh, uh, he had um, cockatoos. Macaws. Oh. He had what looked like an African gray. Um, oh. It seems that he has adopted a lot of these um, from different people who, you know, couldn't care for them. Right. And the bird that he handed me was a uh, large white cockatoo, uh-huh. and which was immediately just like coming up like real close to my face. And he was like, the bird's going to go for your nose ring was the first oh. thing that he said and i was like that's why i handed okay. it to you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the bird was nice and didn't go for my nose ring oh good but oh, we have a lot nice. of really great photos of uh me and my my sweet bird friend who i miss and now day. uh you own that bird uh, i so, wish yeah, yeah. I brought I the wish. bird home and, if i could uh, leave linus for junior the man that was the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. we met that was the tip bird. of the iceberg we subsequently met all the of emus. the animals. Oh, the pig named Arnold, they got run over by a truck. Ike and Linus, what were your thoughts when we went into that trailer? <laughs> Quick, drive away. <laughs> we were in there for about 10, 15 minutes. We were in there for a He's long time. He's definitely <laughs> eating them. I was going to say, they're definitely, their faces have already been eaten. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right off at this point. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily paying close attention because you guys had made several attempts to reach <laughs> the owner of the property. And I was like, I was sort of resigned to the fact that you might not find them. So I was like watching the animals or or fiddling with the Land Rover or something. And I turned around and you guys were just gone. And uh, I, I asked Linus, I was like, what happened to them? Where they go? And he's like, I don't know. They went inside that trailer house full of birds or something. <laughs> <laughs> this tracks this tracks yeah yeah i think at one point we were in the trailer house full of birds with junior and junior's going on and on and on about birds and the history of all the birds and i'm like this is great but we should probably go back outside so the boys don't think we you know disappeared and he's like mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these birds, too, birds are great like, and yep. all but let's get to the fucking camels all right <laughs> that's what we're here for so i will uh, say yeah. junior was an amazingly gracious host he was and one of my favorite people that we met on the trip mm-hmm. he Super had nice a heart fellow. of gold he he told us all about the history of every camel on the property there were mm-hmm. three Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave us like the whole rundown of where they came from, how he got interested in camels. You know, it was really, it was really what you might call a real camel oh. trophy. Yeah. And yes. uh, he, yes. he, uh, he, he's very excited, very enthusiastic about camels and he's raised several and he has two female camels and a male camel. And the oh. male camel at this particular time was extremely, extremely agitated. And uh, he was in a pen by himself. Um, and uh, he was kept there because apparently it was his his time to be extremely agitated and interested <laughs> in the female camels. Oh, and I so he that. was just pacing the entire time and blowing foam and spraying foam <laughs> and just like just you can picture a camel that's just about ready to jump out of its enclosure and <laughs> murder everyone. <laughs> That was this camel. Murder yeah. camel. Yeah. Murder sense. camel. Uh-huh. Makes sense. But that not because he was mad at you, but because you were between him and the female camel. Yeah, it's true. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah right? He also yeah. showed us uh, his the house that they had initially knocked on that was full of plants. He has a green thumb, this guy. Mm-hmm. Every plant in there was just, there wasn't a brown leaf, maybe one or two, but there was 40 or 50 big plants in there and they were jungle. They were, all mm-hmm. kinds of just interesting house plants weed. and just a hundred percent weed. Yeah. Maybe a little, but there were some. But <laughs> he expounded there was some. on how much yes. he actually really enjoys growing weed, but he does not enjoy using weed. Oh, and I so see. he's like, I just love it. It's just such a beautiful plant, and I just have jars. It's the and best jars kind of friends. Give the it away for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that junior was not that kind of guy. No. He was just a really good person and you you talked to junior for maybe 10 minutes he could, <laughs> he, 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 he's he's a kooky guy that lives in the desert with a in a zoo i 
I don't know. I think we got a pretty good read on him in that time. Yeah, he was pretty great. So one fun thing about the camels, one of the camels was named Eileen because one of her humps means... Oh, honey, camel name. Mm-hmm. God. Oh, I take so, it back. Junior is a monster. <laughs> My God. Oh. Oh, we forgot to talk about the clown motel. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you forget? <laughs> oh, the clown motel. Yeah. We may have to make that a Patreon exclusive, the clown motel. I've seen some of the photos from that. That is. Yeah. In Tonopah, yeah. Nevada, there's a motel dedicated to the uh, idea that clowns are fun instead mm-hmm. of scary well and it's mm-hmm. a one-stop shop because one-stop right shop. next to it is mm-hmm. the tonopah cemetery where you can read about Ten all away. of the different pioneer folks and miners right. who live there and died and some of them grave, may have been clowns you know you never know. every grave has the cause of death of the person who, who died oh. what were well, some of the a, highlights of that um there was there was a strange there was a new one with my name on it that said bored to death by Lionel. Life became a burden. There were that a lot one. of there were a lot of life that's became sad. a burden. Oh, um, a lot of mine deaths. A lot yeah. of oh, impaled yeah, yeah. by shovel sure. handles. Mm-hmm. And blown up, mm-hmm. shot by the sheriff. Uh-huh. Was the sheriff and became shot <laughs> by somebody be, else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, many interest. Really, a great cemetery. Very, That's a great read. Very well researched grave sites and well marked. And, and I just uh, very can't emphasize old. enough how close it is to that clown motel. Very close yeah. to yeah. clown yeah. motel. Mm-hmm. We yeah. saw a great uh, deep caldera of hot water in the top of a hill, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. went swimming in some real greasy mud mm-hmm. down below that. I saw that. Yeah, great photos <laughs> um, there. Yeah, I'd like to hear Ike's thoughts on that since he did not partake. It was too greasy for Ike. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's this uh, geologic feature, uh, and uh, remind me of the name of it. It's called Diana's Punch. Diana's Punch. Oh, we yeah, visited sure. it on the rally, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so Jenna wanted to show us this feature, and and from a distance, it just looks like a hill. Just it looks like a hill, uh, unremarkable in every way. You look off, mm-hmm. and there's hundreds of hills, but this particular one has a, a very deep. Uh, cylindrical depression in the center of it. So it looks like when you come up close, a tiny volcano, because it's got this sort of caldera looking uh, pit and there's steam coming out of it and, and uh, you know, whatnot. It it, it does look like a tiny volcano. It's pretty, uh, really actually a neat feature and you can kind of drive up to the edge of it and, and people have rappelled down and, and placed little plastic pink flamingos uh, as a joke sort of thing, but it's, it's an impressive geologic feature. And um, so we were considering camping nearby. And so we were kind of spread out looking for a spot to camp. And uh, uh, Linus and Maddie found uh, this this uh, pit of disgusting ooze. That we was, found uh, Diana's butthole. <laughs> they nicknamed Diana's butthole that um, basically was part of a creek. And at various points in the creek, uh, the cold water ran through uh, the geologic feature and some warm water was welling up into the creek, making like a, a hot pool area. And so uh, these idiots all decided to get into that. <laughs> and it was basically like this volcanic sludge, like mm-hmm. almost like a, a silt that was all hot mud. And so it's they like, were like uh, in, in the bottom of your oil pan, yeah. you know, when it's full of sludge, it's kind yeah. of like a, if moisture gets in your oil and you get that milky, yeah. nasty oil sludge in the bottom, just mm-hmm. imagine that, but it's biological material instead right. of, no, it's all arsenic. And it's, and it's like, covers it's your, like three yeah. feet deep. Three <laughs> you just sink material. down into it. And so they're all like, uh, you know, wallowing, undressed, <laughs> wallowing around in this muck and uh, it, it was squirming, ooching, ooching and squirming and, and they're all disgusting and they look like a bunch of hippies. Uh, now, yeah. were we yeah, right. more disgusting in there than usual or less? More because you had the okay. same amount of grossness on you, and then you added grossness on top of that. So it was it was definitely more. And so uh, uh, I, uh, you know, 
I, I just... Ike had a puke bag the whole time he was sitting there <laughs> watching. But he us. was sitting there watching us. <laughs> but he was yeah. sitting That's there the watching. Right, right. Good times. Well, yeah. I'm surprised nope. we didn't find any skeletal remains down in the bottom of that muck. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh man, there's been you know there's a number of online <laughs> man owners in there. You'll never find them. That's it. Though. I've noticed mm-hmm. there's like a chat window to the side of our podcast as we're podcasting, and Liza is typing in there. And she has just suggested that we need some max tracks. And I realized, <laughs> I realized why she said that. And it's so we can sit on them in that hot spring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's like the that beaded seats. Uh, yeah, it's like the beaded use. seats they used to have in It has seats. enough. Great. It has yeah. enough surface area that it won't sink. It's designed to sit on top. It'll of get the you slightly perforated so you can absorb a little more of that wonderful stuff that's down in there. You know, it's, it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just got to make sure to put the pokey side down. Well, or pokey side up, depending on your uh, persuasion, you know, however you want to lay on a max track, that's up to you. Well, at, at that, speaking of the pokey side up, something that we, uh, you know, ask of all of our new guests, of course, uh, you know, Jenna and Linus has uh, have run this uh, gauntlet, if you will, uh, many, many times. Uh, but Steve and uh, Maddie being uh, new guests of the show, uh, it is required by underpowered our law uh, and uh, his royal majesty's decree that you must answer the Ike Goss lightning round questions. It's true. Uh, known to be the most difficult set of Land Rover based questions uh, out of any Land Rover podcast as it's also the only set, but by yeah, nature, I was that's unaware of this. Yeah, well, I am not a listener. So no, no, yeah. no, I don't blame you. No, no, most are. I, I have most never aren't. been subjected to the lightning round. I have oh, never gone through. Is that true? It. It's true. Oh it's my true. God. But well, I have listened like a... to it so many times that I feel like I'd been, I'd be cheating. Linus so, is a de facto co-host, and I, am, uh, I guess he I somehow skipped out of that. But uh, Ike, at that, uh, take it away uh, for uh, what is, uh, again, the uh, the world's most difficult set of uh, Lightning Round Land Rover. Because you have uh, maybe not heard this before, uh, this is a series of short Land Rover-related questions and, and quick answers. So we're trying to get to the bottom of your your enthusiasm for land rovering and exactly what your preferences are. So uh, this is sort of like speed dating, okay. but with land rovers, if that makes sense. Are okay. you, are you ready for this? No, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hit me. All right. Gas or diesel diesel soft top or hard top hard top mm. coils or leaves. Oh, you know, that's going to be hard for me. Leaves. Yes. Bronze green or Tangier's orange? Bronze green. And the best way to remove gear oil from your underpants? Brake cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you you didn't say remove them first. (laughs) No, never. But you don't need to. That's the best part about brake cleaner. Just evaporates. It just goes right away. Fresh feeling. Stuff's incredible. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Linus and Maddie, are uh, are you ready? Yes, Maddie's got to put her earpiece back okay. in. Maddie, uh, so if you haven't heard before, I know you're not uh, a listener, and I also know that you uh, aren't a reader either, but... Uh, <laughs> uh... I'm going to... That's one of my resolutions. I'm learning this year. So. Yes. Yeah. 2023 is going to be my year. We're, we're going to do a series of, of short questions and, and very brief responses. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, question one. Gas or diesel? Greasel. Greasel. Good answer. That's correct. That's correct. Hard top or a soft top? I told you that that's a thing that happens to every guy. <laughs> also correct. Sure. sure. Also sure. correct. Now, sure. uh, leaf springs or coil springs? I'm going to have to say leaf springs. Leaf oh, springs. Yeah, Ooh, nice, nice. Thanks, honey. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Bronze green or Tangier's orange? Um, I'm gonna have to go with the orange. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure it's sorry, Linus. Oh no, oh, no, no. It's the rightest of right answers. Uh, is, that right. The, is that the ugly yeah. car? Yeah, it's, it's so. Good. It's the one it's you the, like. It's the best color. It's the best color. All right. And the final question, mm-hmm. the best way to remove gear oil from your underpants? 
Um, I'd probably just do what he does and leave my underwear at your house like he does. <laughs> Not always intentional. <laughs> you got them all right. You got them all right. Perfect score. Perfect. Well, it has been uh, nothing but a, uh, a delight to have you uh, all uh, chatting uh, this afternoon, evening. And uh, Steve, I hope you'll come back and join us at some point in the no future. Chance. We'll talk more about all those uh, <laughs> fleet of women. No, and Maddie, of course, you are all Always, always welcome. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate your uh, tolerance of uh, of Linus. Uh, somebody's got to do Thank it. You. And yeah, I won't be back. Yeah, we're glad it's done. <laughs> now, if uh, you know you all want to, and anyone listening wants to continue the conversation, head on over to our uh, Facebook group, the hottest group on Facebook, no question. Um, we've got uh, all kinds of great stuff. People have been sharing their collections of Land Rovers uh, there all week. Some super cool stuff really from around really the fantastic. world around germany world. netherlands england a yep. lot of cool trucks from uh, a lot cool of listeners stuff. it's cool to see we're racking up quite a list of folks that you guys will have to uh, visit in person uh, well in Australia, so uh, I'll start making up a, a list for you. Uh, I hear it's not that big of a country, though, so it should be a big deal. You guys can just quickly pop in and say hello to uh, everyone. Uh, again, uh, you know, thanks uh, for uh, joining us. We are, we are on the eve of the 100th episode of the underpowered hour who would have imagined no uh, that uh, we would have been able to uh, actually get our shit together a hundred consecutive times and uh, <laughs> and put out uh, this uh, show so uh, uh, we'll see what comes next week uh, big uh, big things planned uh, you know uh, guests uh, special uh, prizes uh, you know uh, maybe a camel or two who knows there's no way to know I would like to uh, shamelessly as is said uh, state the name of the band that we ran across in oh Silly yeah. Valley. yeah in yeah. case anybody is interested three nice ladies and one man they are the musers band on instagram musers m-u-s-e-r-s the musers band. Yeah. -E band very fun sort of folky bluegrassy and uh they write a lot of their own lyrics, and they're very fun. So, did you do a banjo sit-in with them at all? No, I did not bring a banjo to the desert. I but not, they are so. coming. They're Here coming to, to our house. They're going to play. So they're oh, they're doing a tour, in July. and they're going to do a house concert. Oh, 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 well, we got to get that. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like a that sounds like a live stream uh, or something uh, for sure. Well, at that, <laughs> uh, it has been uh, or something. Yeah, it has been uh, a pleasure. And uh, again, we appreciate you guys. Uh, coming on and uh look forward to uh tales from the next uh, desert journey whenever uh that may come so uh steve and uh, maddie and uh, linus and jenna and ike as always thanks for everything and uh we'll see you guys uh next week see you on the trail bye. Steven. bye bye, bye. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.